0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Me Maintenance presented by Ocean Organics and Rainbird. I'm Peter McCormick. My guest today is Stuart Butler, formerly a 20 year senior greenkeeper at Royal St. George's Golf Club, home of the 2021 Open Championship, who was recently crowned head greenkeeper slash course manager at Westgate and Birchington Golf Club uh, on the Kent coast of Southeast England. Welcome, Stu.
1: Ah, good to see you, Peter. It's uh, lovely to come on and have a chat, my friend.
0: Yes. Now, we, we just met earlier this year, and uh, I think you first came on my radar after you had published a blog post about your um, various travails with uh, alcohol and um which almost became life-threatening, I guess, at, at one point requiring uh, some hospitalization, and you wanted to share that experience with others, uh, which I applaud, and I contacted you about that, because I've had my own um, situations, if you will, with, uh, with both alcohol but mental health in, in general. Um, so I did a podcast as your guest. Um, and then sat in on a couple other of your podcasts with, uh, um, Phil Walton, your, uh, co-host upon occasion. And I should mention that your podcast or podcast (laughs) is, uh, H W O M or Henry Weston's old mate, the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, for those outside of the UK, the Henry Weston's bit is Henry Weston's is a hard cider, correct?
1: Correct. It might that, yes, yeah. That was uh,
0: that was one of your buddies for a long time, I guess. He
1: was he was yeah he was a he was a, a faithful old friend. We spent many a evening together, and then sadly, towards the uh, end of my drinking, we were probably spending a few too many mornings together, Peter. Well,
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But in any case, um, what we're going to talk about today is is I think it's, it's fascinating because your situation um, is the flip side of what a lot of our industry is talking about, and that's uh, achieving work-life balance and also sort of climbing the career ladder. Now, when you were at st georges and you were there in and out a couple of times over the course of about 20 years um and i think it was one of the one of the podcasts that we recorded with phil who is not from the turf industry but as a result of co-hosting these various and sundry um, interviews with you um, talking to uh, a lot of guys in the turf industry, both in the UK and uh, over here in the States. He was somewhat surprised that I think he said, uh, so many people that we have talked to just bloody love their jobs. What (laughs) is it? And... And you replied at the time, and this must have been six months ago, I would think. You said, "Well, I'm not sure that's me."
1: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, yeah. I, 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 well, I, I was, I was treading water in the turf industry. Let's put it that way, Peter. Yeah. Well, but you
0: also said, you know, the the -the dyed-in-the-wool gung-ho turf managers will go home and um develop a fertilization program for their home mm-hmm. garden. And you said
1: No, I wouldn't. I don't yeah. do that. So, yeah. Yeah, so I found
0: it I found it interesting when I had told I had heard or you had told me or whatever that um I guess the 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 immediate thing was that uh you had injured your ankle and had taken a couple of weeks off because you couldn't walk on it. And yeah. um, I guess that gave you time to think.
1: Yeah, I ended up, I ended up actually being off for the best part of six weeks after that injury. Oh, really? I, tried, I tried to return to work after two weeks, didn't happen. And then two weeks again, and really didn't happen. So it ended up being the best part of six weeks. I was, I was laid up for, I, I think, yeah, perhaps my being a pig-headed person that I am I perhaps didn't heed the uh, advice of the medical professionals on how much rest I should have done in the first two weeks of that what turned out to be quite a significant ankle injury so getting
0: back to the work life balance thing you you were um what we would consider I think today a career assistant or deputy or senior greenkeeper, whatever happened to be, you were there for a long time and really had no aspirations above that in terms of getting into, uh, you know, managerial position, that kind of thing in part. And the balance comes in to where in part because uh, you worked close to the job your schedules and everything and flex flexibility i guess jived with your wife's job in education correct
1: yeah uh she's 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 in a insurance well she's not in insurance she's an office manager for an insurance company
0: okay i thought she was in education but and then she, um, used, to be. she used to be yeah and then uh being able to to uh manage your young daughter in terms of getting her to and from activities and things like that. So yeah. you know, it it worked for you. And those are things that a lot of guys today, when they're they're talking about, you know, they're they're faced with these 50, 60, 70 hour work weeks, um are sort of pushing back against. But you yeah,
1: have yeah, I was I was very fortunate, and as and as you say, I I I was in a privileged position where flexible working was sort of quite you know, encouraged. I was able to start early and finish early. Um, uh, my hours allowed me time between finishing work and picking my daughter up to exercise. I, I I quite like running. I don't run particularly quick, but I quite like sort of a bit of exercise. So I had more than enough time to do that. Um, I could, you know, I could stop and do the basics like the the, the family shopping, the food shopping. I, I was in a position where uh, I had very little responsibility within the sort of team. I, you know, although I was one of the more senior people, there wasn't all that much asked of me. So overtime wasn't really needed or expected. So I could schedule my week. I pretty much knew I'd be home by 2 p.m. every day every you know every week of the year and, and unless it happened to be an open year like last year when obviously there is it ramps up a bit but yeah i was i was free to you know pursue the afternoons at my leisure monday to friday um weekend work was expected but there was more than enough people on the team who liked working weekends so realistically if i wanted to work one in five or six weekends that was that was all that was required as well so as you say i certainly had a more than adequate sort of work-life balance.
0: But yet something was missing, I guess. So something. What, what, what was it during this six-week, and I guess it was this six-week period when you were laid up with your ankle that you got thinking about it? Uh, may have been prior to that as well, but then a job advert came up.
1: Yeah. At, at yeah, I mean, opportunities, and, yeah. Yeah. So, what? Uh, tell us about that a little bit. Well, if if I go back about fourteen months, Peter, I'd I'd applied for a job where I am. Uh, you you know, as as I've as I've just said or you, you mentioned, I have a me and my wife have a six year old, so we live in a, a little village. The, the The school that my child attends is five hundred yards up the road, uh, two hundred yards really. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of fixed as to, you know, where I can apply for jobs. And because of the where I previously worked, my salary was sort of at the top end of what can be paid locally. So I was I was stuck to a postcode and I was pretty much stuck in a salary bracket that local golf clubs probably wouldn't be able to match. Um I had previously applied for a deputy head greenkeeper job at a local golf club the year before. I, I wasn't successful. I made it down to the last three for interview but was unsuccessful with that job uh and in the months since nothing had actually came up really for me to send a cv in i mean obviously with the price of fuel and everything nowadays i can't couldn't realistically look at much more than a 30 to 40 mile drive you know and if we're looking at 40 miles an 80 mile round trip is going to be pushing sort of 15 pounds a day fuel money um so yeah i'd 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 consigned myself to sort of sitting in my position at at Royal St. George's where I was realistically thinking that not much is going to come up. But as I was laid up sort of nursing my ankle industry, a a head greenkeeper position sort of came up locally. um, So I fired off the CV. And
0: the rest is history.
1: It, so for now, I mean, it was only it would have only been two months ago. I've been in the job. This is week six, um, so so yeah, uh, and and it's strange because I I don't remember if it was a private conversation off or, or, or one of our podcasts, but I remember saying to you not so long ago that I don't see ever see myself as a as a head greenkeeper or a course manager going forward. I just don't. I, I think I remember saying something along the lines of I think my time has, you know, gone for that. Which at forty-two years of age is probably if some people listening to this might think that's a funny thing to say, but I re I realistically had resigned myself to my sort of foreseeable future being middle of the pack at St George's and just sort of plodding along. Um but but then I I applied, I was fortunate enough to be invited for interview and yeah, yeah, and um, fortunate to be appointed, um, yeah, six weeks ago, I guess, um, eight weeks ago, because I I worked out two weeks notice at my previous job, yeah.
0: So in effect, this is the the job that you had previously declared you would never want.
1: Yeah, and if I'm perfectly honest, (laughs) I... I had said that I don't think, you know, my, a lot of my thinking again, in a, maybe a negative sense, but I didn't think the pay rise, the pay rise that would potentially or hopefully come with the senior position would be worth it. Um, I didn't feel that local clubs would be able to sort of make the sort of package appealing enough to me, but, um or, it's it's funny. I don't want to sound too negative, but you know, to take a promotion, you kind of think you want to have a few more quid in the bank at at the end of the month. And if I'm perfectly honest, I'm not going to in this new position, but I am really so pleased I've made the move anyway, which was something I didn't, it's a complete U-turn for me.
0: I did a little research and looked up the club on the, on the web. And I, you know it's a it's a very short 4800 yard uh 18 hole club yeah that's described self described as relaxed and friendly which yeah. just sounds like my kind of place i'll be honest with you i i've never been a big fan of the snooty golf you know country club thing and and all of that and and I think you said to me before that um, the average age there is getting up and is getting up there a little bit, but that's all my, you know, but uh, I haven't played golf in, in ages. But it, uh, so I'm, but I'm curious about, so here you are as the head green keeper. And yeah. uh, how much staff do you have?
1: I'm currently we're currently working on a full time staff of four. So I'm I'm one of four. And then we employ another gentleman uh, on 24 hours. So he works 24 hours a week. So any three days in seven. But that's on a 12 month contract. And then we currently have a government uh, kickstart guy. He, He won't be with us much longer. Uh, but then we we do have another seasonal staff. I'm not sure. I'm not real. I'm not sure. I like the idea of the word seasonal because we're coming into a sort of period now with leaves and worm casts and everything where you know traditionally we're going to be laying the seasonal staff off. But realistically, we're going to get busier. Uh, we're going to have less mowing to do, but we're certainly going to have more manual work coming up as we sort of try and battle the the UK's ongoing worm problem so I mean you'd probably I'd 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 realistically say we'd probably work on a staff of five and a half Peter to answer your question
0: and uh, and how have you found the uh the managerial challenges or haven't you really had to address that yet
1: do you know it's not I haven't come across too many problems, and it's a funny team dynamic, really, because I'm 42. We've got a 22, 23 year old apprentice who's who's just coming towards the end of his sort of qualifications, and then the two guys who've been there the longest they they both turned 62 this year. So I'm sort of in the middle of the I'm in the middle of the, mm. the, the huge gap. Um, but now one of the chap, the gentleman, uh, was previously acting as head greenkeeper for the best part of the last two years, he's still with us. So that could have potentially sort of been a interesting That's relationship. But a sticky I haven't, point. Yeah. Haven't experienced anything negative there. Uh, I have to say, you know, they won't, they probably won't listen to this, but they've been, you know, really quite brilliant in my initial sort of month and a half.
0: That's outstanding. So, how about your your preparation or uh career wise for you know developing the fertility programs and the aerification programs and and disease control and all that kind of stuff uh were you able over the years to to pick up enough to do that or have you found um suppliers or other people to lean on or to pick their brains about? Uh...
1: Yeah. Do you know, it's been a bit of everything, Peter. So I, I started in the turf industry accidentally in 1998 and have been hanging around the industry pretty much most of my career. I did take three years out of the industry. I went and got a degree in in education and um, never, never actually stepped foot in the classroom. But even when I was Doing that degree, I had a couple of summers in Holland, greenkeeping. So I've I've always been around the industry. Um. So my my base knowledge is you know pretty pretty sound. Um. But like you say, fertility fertilizer programs, etc. I have to be honest in my time in the last eight years at St George's, it's it's nothing I I was involved in. Um. So I have lent on two very good reps, local reps who, who I've had a relationship with sort of previous to, to come into Westgate. So they have been they have been very helpful. And I am in a, quite a nice position where they do the golf club they do employ an outside advisor, a gentleman by the name of Greg Evans. He's he's well known in the UK turf industry. Um so he comes to us on a three to four visits per year and lays out basic programs of work uh again some potentially when i was considering the job it, some people view that as a bit of a negative for me i always saw it as as a positive really um comfort blanket if you will or certainly just someone else i've you know someone i can always fire a whatsapp over to um and ask for advice so i've had a combination of everything you know when when, when it comes down to sort of airification you know when we're going to roll the verticuts out and, and everything like that i sort of Back myself to to know when I really want to be getting on with that, but one of my one of the things I was worried about taking this or sort of my first ever head greenkeeping job, I have to admit that the first the the night before the first day, what do I do with the disease breakout? You know it's something I've never had to worry about. they've never been my greens, shall we say right. um and it's always been it's always been someone else's concern. Um, realistically, there's always something in the chemical cabinet to deal with it. Um, realistically, there's no, there's plenty of people who are a phone call away, a picture on WhatsApp, if I'm not quite sure. Um, we've had a few things break out on our greens in recent weeks, and I was pleasantly surprised to be able to identify and deal with them myself very comfortably. Uh, oh, and you you don't, yes. And it's really it should. I should never have worried about it. But until you actually see something, get the sprayer out, get it sprayed and see it easing off in the next sort of seven to 10 days, you think, well, I can actually do this. Whatever was I worrying about?
0: Well, there you go. Now, you're on the southeast coast of England, um, sort of up on a cliff overlooking the ocean, correct?
1: Where I live. Yeah. And we are. Where where the golf course is situated, a certain point of the club does sit down on a yeah probably about ooh, ten to twelve foot above sea level, a little drop off, but um yeah yeah. So it's not, a
0: it's a fairly or a relatively forgiving climate um, most of the time. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that has to help. So tell me about. The the heat and the drought this year, uh, you know, I've seen pictures from over there. I think it might have been Jack Percival who posted some that. Oh, up at Chipstead, uh, yeah. Uh, looked like a flamethrower went through there, and and this yeah. is really a almost a five hundred year heat drought situation, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, we had, we experienced in the UK, we experienced a pretty tough summer in 2018. And at the end of that, I mean, I think everyone was pretty thankful they'd survived and, you know, let's not have another one of them thrown at us too long. And then 2022 has come along and, and surpassed that for average higher temperatures and sort of even less rainfall. Um, again, I'm in a, I don't know if it's a lucky or unlucky, because I have no fairway irrigation. So it's as far as I'm concerned, it's just one, one less thing to worry about. The fairways are native grasses that just do their thing. They they thrive when it rains and they go dormant when it doesn't. It's nothing. I can't do anything about it. Um, The other thing we did was more of a slight concern or a a major concern when i took the job uh, within my first week i will we were able to diagnose that 11 holes on the golf course hadn't been receiving overnight water probably for the majority of the season they were quite stressed we found a uh broken wire path behind the fifth green so anything beyond the fifth green to the 14th green are us. we sit on three different sites um two two separate irrigation systems um one operates two smaller fields and one operates the bigger field and the bigger field from hole 5 to 14 uh our heads weren't popping up overnight um the guys to be fair to them they thought it was popping up just not very well uh, so they did get the hose pipes on the green so realistically the the greens are a lot healthier than you might think. You might think they've got no water at all, but they were able to, they were able to get the hose pipes and pop the heads up from the valve boxes. But the fact that they weren't receiving their sort of four to five mil overnight, that the rest of the golf course was um, to, to survive the summer that is 2022, they've done amazingly well. Good deal. So,
0: um, over the course, or, or with your your podcast series, and having interviewed quite a few, um, both uh, golf course managers as well as uh, cricket yeah. things like that, and and various and sundry suppliers, um, did those conversations? Do you think? open your mind up a little bit to that there's that there may be more career wise for you?
1: Yes. Uh, Yeah. That's a, that's a great question, Peter. And yes, I, I think I realized that I was potentially selling myself a bit short. Um, I have to hold my hands up and say that I hadn't, you know, over the last three or four years, Certainly, I hadn't, I hadn't done my best work in in progressing my career. You know, I I'm not blaming anyone but myself for potentially holding myself back. I I became settled. I became stale. Um, but yes, yeah, speaking to certainly people within the turf industry, you know, and the likes of Paul Hurst was a, was a wonderful guest, and sort of James Matthewman uh, in Wales over here, and seeing their the passion and i don't i'll be honest i i don't share that passion for the agronomy side of greenkeeping that some of these guys do but i have a i do have a bit of a drive to hopefully uh improve my current workplace but improve the staff from a personal point of view as well so i think that's what i've actually you know really really looking forward to the opportunity to develop some sort of personalities and careers along with the golf course to improve that for the membership.
0: Nice. Now, very often over here, um, guys will take a, uh, take a position knowing or hoping that it's going to open a door in the future. Uh, do, Do you think you're, your history or pedigree at uh, Royal Saint George's opened or or helped push a door open at Westgate for you.
1: It can't it can't hurt, can it? I mean, it can't hurt. Um, and particularly or sp- especially the fact that you know we were on the telly last summer. Uh, I have to say that the the last year's open was it was a huge success. Um, the course looked amazing on the telly. Um so yeah I, I I've my CV I've got some other tournament experience on it I've got some other quite well known golf clubs on there I've got some overseas experience on there so but I think Royal St George's yeah it would be it would be silly of me to to not think that right. it hadn't opened the door Right
0: And how's the, the do you do you interface with the membership much at Westgate
1: yeah, well, you don't have a choice because if you head up anywhere near the clubhouse, they're about 35 deep waiting for the first tee from about 6.45 in the morning. Um, Is that right? Yeah, it's some of the other, I don't know. Um, I'm used to, coming from St. George's, I'm used to a predominantly one tee start from sort of 8.15 to 8.30 and you turn up at a, a smaller members club and they are, they are gunning to get on the golf course. I mean, I've been there. I've been mowing the greens at five thirty on a Saturday, and there's been guys mooching around the putting green at five forty five um really? which i don't i i realistically don't mind as long as they give me a couple of greens head start but it's to, uh, to interact with the membership yes and it's that it's definitely where i've come from it's i think it's fair to say that um you know that is a more elite type or uh within the sort of social ladder, the members at War St. George's are, are, you know, upper class people realistically, and the membership at Westgate and Birchington are more working class. Um, And I think in that manner, they are more inclined to sort of want to stop and have a chat with the greenkeeper, not suggesting that golfers don't at these more prestigious golf clubs, but um, I'm certainly, I've certainly been, surprised how little work you can actually get done in the afternoon if you want to stop and chat with anyone who wants to chat because most people will want to stop and sort of just pass the time of day really and fortunately not complain too much yet if at all well
0: i i mean i think that's the ultimate myself i mean it's um to be appreciated at what you do um I've said in in uh, several other conversations that you know a lot of uh, a lot of superintendents think a good day is one that you don't get your arms handed to you.
1: Yeah, no, and I I would I would agree. Um, I think again, slightly privileged position for me. I am coming into a a club that has been understaffed, and probably they wouldn't mind saying underfunded um for the best part of five to six years um so i'm coming in making i'm not making wholesale changes because we don't have that you know i don't have the staff i don't have the budget to make sweeping changes but what we are able to do is sort of tighten up our cutting routines just get that a bit more regular and you know spend a bit more time making sure that the cutting units themselves are doing their job uh, a bit sharper shall we say and just uh, going in and bringing some sort of fresh ideas to how we approach tasks and the planning which I think is one of my stronger points if I'm honest Um, we're planning our days potentially a little bit better than had been in the past which we know by doing that it, it means we're able to be more productive Peter and that has resulted in some quite well, quite nice cosmetic changes from an agronomic point of view. You know, the greens are are, are pretty good and um, we will, we, we will improve them as we go. But I have been able to come in and put some stripes where potentially stripes didn't exist in the past, you know, do some strimming, do some other little mowing, just tighten up areas that may have been missed. And obviously for the membership turning up, they're seeing a, sort of improvements weekly. And, and, yeah, they are feeding that back to me and, and the team. Obviously, it's it's not just me coming in that's making the difference. Sure. It's, it's given the team, they themselves have said, you know, it's given them a little sort of an injection. Um I'll have to hopefully ride sort of that wave that they they want to try and impress the new boss for a while. So we'll make the most of that while we can. But, yeah, it's it's certainly nice for me. If if I'd have gone in somewhere that was really shining and on point, I mean, what difference can I make in my initial period? Probably not a huge one that the golfers are going to see when they step on from the first tee. But taking over at Westgate, like I say, slightly uh, understaffed and underfunded, I've been able to implement a few small changes that have made actually quite a big impact
0: yeah I'm sure that you know for the membership to have um uh, an obviously more um, a, a better appearance um, more consistency across the golf
1: course from that's a that's a very good that's a word i wish I'd use consistency is a brilliant word
0: well yeah it's and again these these little things when when you go into a a new guy goes into a club that's or a golf course that's um, where it needs to be is almost doomed to failure in a lot of respects because, yeah. you know, if it's at 98%, that additional 2% is hard coming.
1: Very, yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. So
0: my, so one of my last questions for you,
1: in, in uh,
0: one of our chats with Phil, uh, okay. On, on your podcast, he he made a point, and we were talking about creating a high performance environment, as I recall. Yes. And I can't remember the word he used, but he basically setting the said, weather. What was that?
1: Setting the weather.
0: Yes the the weather is set at the top.
1: And it's something I have been very very conscious of. Every I have a I have a thirty five minute drive, Peter, every day. Uh, and I make a conscious decision that when I get out of my car i'm I'm normally i' I'm, I'm not I'm not in an hour before the guys. I'm in about five to ten minutes before the other guys. We start at six i I get there about quarter to six uh, but I when I lock my car door, I make a conscious effort to put a smile on my face and adopt a positive attitude, which a lot of people listening to this who know me, Will not and, believe. <laughs> I w- will be shocked. And it's still a struggle sometimes because, you know, I still I still have my battles with the mental health, as we all do. Uh Sometimes you don't want to get out of the car and put a smile on your face. Uh, and in my previous roles, I didn't have to. But that setting the weather, as Phil said, that is something I have made a massive, ma- that's probably the thing that I have made the biggest effort. And at 10 o'clock when we stop for a tea break as well, I make sure I am not dragging the room down with a negative attitude. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't sit there and smile and dish the cookies out, but I I try to make sure that I am not responsible for being um, in a bad mood. Even if inside I am pissed off that someone's not done something right, I am trying not to. Sort of, I, I'm trying as yeah, I'm trying to set that weather in a very positive way
0: well that that's huge
1: um it's massive for me and people will be amazed
0: <laughs> well i think that as time marches on and you get more accustomed and comfortable there uh it won't be that it should be less less difficult or less of a um something that you have to attend to before you get there in the morning to make sure that you're uh, um your attitude is where it it needs to
1: yeah be. I mean it has to, I mean it has to be said that I I I've been I've been surprised that you know everywhere people say you know the change is as good as a holiday or any of these other cliches you might want to throw out there but I have I have been surprised I, I knew I hoped that the new job would be be a positive change for me uh, and I've been surprised at just how much of a positive impact it's had on my just on myself and my mental well-being, Peter, in, in the first six weeks. I, I, it surprised me. I think we're going to end right there. I think you had sent me uh, a little
0: bit of a backgrounder on this. And, and uh, you said in that you'll certainly have less time with your family and more pressure, but you're loving work again. It's a test, but in a good way.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, if they were my words, I, I must have been a. I must have been having a clear, clear thinking day, Peter. Which, yeah, most of them are thankfully.
0: Well, that's awesome. Um, congratulations on the new gig. It was great talking to to you again. We will follow up in a bit to uh, see how you're doing, both uh, agronomically and psychologically, I guess.
1: And, uh, thank you anytime, Peter.
0: anytime you need uh some joker to fill in on one of your podcasts let me know so well
1: phil's phil's been off winning awards behind the scenes for some of his solo work so um, is that right I'm, I'm hoping to get him back yeah i'm going to get him back soon and i've i've recorded one uh, and we are we're going to sit down for some more henry Westons in the near future peter well
0: i have never met you guys but um it's one of those things where I feel like we're old friends, and that's uh, that's rare and uh, certainly appreciated on my part. So,
1: and uh, over here as well, but It's been a, it's always a pleasure talking to you, sir. All right,
0: Stu. You take care, and uh, we'll be back at it again. Again, <laughs> this is uh, Peter McCormick with Stu Butler um, for Me Maintenance, presented by Ocean Organics and Rainbird. Thank take you. Care. Yeah, bye-bye.